That word for power, uh, dunamis, is, is the word um, that we get um, dynamic or dynamite from. And, and that is the power of the Holy Spirit. It is that powerful. And God calls us, his people, to be on the move in and to operate through him. We're called to be a, a catalyst affecting our world because Jesus lives in us. Oh, I love this. Because it, it means that, that God is with us. He is in us. Jesus put it this way in Matthew 5, 13 and following. He said this. He said, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under the foot by men. You are the light of the world. A city set on the hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So we're called light, we're called salt. Both of those have, have an effect on the world around us. We are called to be that kind of people. Life in God is dynamic, and we always need to be ready to go where he calls us to go. It's a matter of obedience. You see, we're not the master. He's the master. We're not in charge. We're not calling the shots. He is. He's the one in control. Now, as we look at this, God's people are called to a life of being on the move, on the move. Ancient Israel illustrated the idea that God, who is missional, expects his people to be on the move with him. If you, if you have your scripture and want to open up to Exodus chapter 40, we're going to end up in Luke and several other different places, but uh, more like a Bible drill. But um, we're going to be in Exodus for a few moments here, Exodus 40. And, um, you know, in this, the, the ancient Israelites, they followed God's leading. And, and, and wherever the, 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 the cloud went, um, they went. They followed. And, 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 you know, it's interesting because as we read this, we recognize that God is the one leading his people. It says in verse 34 of chapter 40 of Exodus, it says, Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Oh, can you imagine? The glory of the Lord filling the tabernacle. Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud had settled on it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Throughout all their journeys, whenever the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the sons of Israel would set out. But if the cloud was not taken up, then they did not set out until the day when it was taken up. For throughout all their journeys, the cloud of the Lord was on the tabernacle by day, and there was a fire in it by night in the sight of all the house of Israel." 
What I'm saying is, is that God had his people out in the wilderness, in the desert, and, and, and basically he was with them there in their wilderness wanderings. He, and, and when he wanted them to move, he would withdraw the, the cloud from the tabernacle and they would know, hey, he's moving. It's time for us to move. Oh, we get so complacent. We get so comfortable where we're at, what we're doing. We don't want to have to move. I mean, think about it. If, if you had to move, that meant if God was on the move, that meant you had to pack up your tent, your stuff, all of your things, and all of your people and get ready to move with God. It would have been a lot of work. It would have been much easier just to sit tight. But that's not where God wanted them. That's not how God led them. You see, the Bible, the Holy Spirit, and the body of Christ equip God's people to be on the move. And I asked the question this morning, like, what are some ways that God calls his people to be on the move today? What are some ways that, that, that God calls his people to be on the move? Um, he may call them to move and help someone with a need in someone else's life. He may say, you know what, I need you to go do this for me. He may, he may move, uh, call us to move and to be a caregiver to, to an elderly person or maybe to a family member. He may call or uh, move us to come alongside others in ministry and just to be that support person for that ministry and, and, and somebody that they can count on. Uh, he may call us to move and invest in new believers through discipleship. And, 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 and what that looks like. And, and, and I'm so glad that our God is a missional and a God who sends people out. I mean, think about this. We're commanded by the Great Commission to make disciples of all the nations. To go make disciples of all the different nations. And, and so involved in that, we, we pray we pray for these people groups. We pray for these nations. We pray that, that they would see a movement of God. But we also give. We open our wallets up and we give money so that others can go and share the good news of Jesus Christ with people all over the world in nations we may never set foot in. But so that the gospel can move forward, we open our wallets, we give. We pray, we give, and we go. When God says, hey, I want you to go, we go. We respond in obedience to him. And I think this is big because, you know, through Texas Baptist men, just think about this with me for a moment. Jim and Monica McDougal have gone all over the U.S. and the world serving others in the name of Jesus. Folks, these are people we know. These are people who live among us. These are people that we hug. These are people that we talk to and, and that, that greet us. And they're, they're Christians, they're believers that take seriously the call to move and to do what God is calling them to do. I love that. We support missionaries in Southeast Asia. We support missionaries in Central America and Spain and in many other countries. See, I would say that Memorial Baptist takes seriously our call to make disciples of all the nations. 
I mean, we have a part. We have a part in evangelizing the Uluguru people in the mountains of Tanzania. We have a part in that. What a beautiful thing that is. Everywhere we go, we evangelize and we, we teach discipleship so that they can grow in, in God's way and, and in his time. And, and I love that because just like the Israelites, they saw the cloud, the cloud of God's presence resting over the tabernacle. His Shekinah glory. <laughs> they saw it and when it was taken up, they knew it was time to get their things together and move with God. When was the last time you moved with God? It's a fair question because we are a people who belong to him. And if we're not moving with him, then what are we doing? See, God will empower his people so that although we are on the move, we're not alone, and we're not relying on our own strength. We are relying on the grace that he gives and the strength that he supplies. See, God, it says there in, in, in Exodus 40 twice, it said, God filled the tabernacle with his glory. He filled the tabernacle with himself. So much so that there was no room for anyone else. It said that Moses couldn't go into the tabernacle because the Lord's cloud, God's cloud, filled the tabernacle with his presence. So he could not enter when he was there. I love that. His presence filled the tabernacle. Did you know that the Bible says that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Oh, what would that look like to have the temple filled with the presence of Almighty God? Oh, I love this. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 says, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own, for you have been bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. See, Jesus has ushered in the new covenant. His new covenant and, 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 and now the, the Holy Spirit is the one who empowers us. Now, I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking about it being Advent and, and, and Christmas time. And, you know, the shepherds in the Christmas story, they show us how amazing life can be when we are on the move for God and with God. I want to tell you right now, God is awesome. God is awesome, but he's also wild. He's wild. I mean, two things can be true at the same time. You can be fearful because you know where you are going is going to be dangerous. There is a risk. However, the one who is leading you is far greater than anyone or anything that you will face. And he, you have the Holy Spirit within you. This gives us courage to make a move. 
See, I envision God's will like a mighty river. And when you launch into the the chilly water currents, it carries us where God wills. Along the way, we may pull over and camp. We may see some wonderful things, some exciting things. Is it dangerous? You bet. Is it refreshing? Oh, yeah. Is it freeing? Absolutely. See, along the way, you will encounter so many wonderful delights and see some things that up to this point were unknown to you. See, God's will is like that. He takes us to places we can't even imagine in our minds. So much better, so fulfilling. I've never even dreamed that good. But it's that much better. I'm trying to tell you about it. But the best part is his presence. The best part is his presence. We have the presence of God with us. He is with us. We we sing the song, Emmanuel, God with us. But he literally came to us. He loves us. I I love this. You know, these shepherds, they they responded to to the angel's announcement by making a move. By going with God and for God. They sought out the Christ child and they experienced him with their own eyes. And then they told others, demonstrating that God's people are to be on the move with God. Look at, look at Luke uh, chapter 2, verse 8 and following. It's a little bit of a passage here. I'm going to read down through verse 18. It says, in the same region there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and peace, excuse me, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. Verse 15, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. And when they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told to them by the shepherds. You see, those shepherds' lives, they were forever changed because they acted on the angel's announcement and sought out the Christ child. 
What if those angels had said, wow, that was a crazy dream. Let's just uh, wake up now and have a cup of coffee by the fire and talk about that crazy dream. No. When the angels departed, what did they do? They went to Bethlehem to check it out. So many times we hear a word from the Lord and we do nothing about it. I think this is, this is big because the, the shepherds, they were the first evangelists. They were the first to share about who Christ is and what he has done. I love that. They experienced a move of God in their lives and they responded by being on the move with God and spreading the good news about the birth of Jesus. And so what we have here is we have just a couple of principles. The first one is this, is that movement, movement sparks movement. You know, if I had a big, big rubber ball up here and, 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 and I had another one and I, I rolled one towards the other and it hit that one, then the second one would move and it would probably go even further than the first one. But you see, movement sparks movement. And I love that because when we think about that, when God bumps into people, they should move. When God, when people encounter a holy God, they should move. And sometimes we don't, we don't move because we're, we're stuck in our ways. We don't want to move. But God, who is on the move, calls to himself a people who will be on the move for him and with him. He doesn't call us just to sit. He calls us to be on the move with him, doing his will, taking care of things. You know, the shepherds, shepherds they responded in verse 15. They said, let us go straight to Jerusalem, to Bethlehem and to see this thing that happened which the Lord has made known to us movement sparks movement God initiated he sent these angels from heaven to talk about Jesus to tell them hey my my child my son is born in Bethlehem that movement sparks another movement the shepherds go to Bethlehem See, movement always sparks movement. I want to give you a few examples here. How do we see this in our world today? Mary Hermosillo. She goes to disciple and teach women who are incarcerated in Gatesville. She's responded to God's prompting and she is on the move with God doing exactly what God has put on her heart to do. That's a blessing. We see that. Jacob and Mariah Buss, they're responding to God's promptings and they are on the move with God. Quite literally, they're moving in March to the Pueblo, Colorado area to minister to people in that area. Folks, we see that movement sparks movement. And, and, and it, it's so important because, you know, I mean, even Chris Dutton, he's, he's planning a college trip during spring break with a bunch of other college students to help churches in the Denver, Colorado area. I mean, we're on the move with God doing what God has, has purposed for us to do. And when God bumps into people, they should move. I mean, he's the master. He's the one who created us. He spoke us into being. He created us from the dust of the earth. We are but frail children of dust with feet of clay. But understand, when God moves, 
We need to move with him. Second principle, experiencing Jesus leads to sharing about Jesus. See, after the shepherds experienced Jesus, verse 17 and 18 tell us, it says, when they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child, and all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. See, when we experience Jesus, it leads us to sharing about Jesus. You know, last month, uh, Joel and Wilna Shoemate, they, uh, they traveled to the interior jungle of Suriname to help restore a, a mission center there, mission outpost, if you will. There was a big tree and it had fallen down across the porch on one of these buildings and, and uh, at, at this camp and it needed repaired. Um, there was a medical team of ophthalmologists coming to Suriname to do some medical exams on, on a lot of the, the O'Connor people there. And uh, by repairing the porch, the eye clinic team had a, a place to stay and they were able to do many eye exams. They gave away over 400 pair of glasses while they were there in just a few days, probably a week or less. But listen, as they were testing people's eyes, they were also sharing the gospel. Isaiah 55, 11 says, so will my word be which goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the manner for which I sent it. In other words, God's word is going to accomplish its goal. As a result, 10 people responded to the gospel message and accepted Christ as their savior from a team of eye doctors. But you see, when we experience Jesus, it leads us to sharing about our experience with Jesus. That's my point. When we experience Jesus, our risen Lord, it leads us to sharing about Jesus and what we have experienced with him. Those shepherds, they went to see Jesus, the baby laying in the manger, and they were forever changed. And they went back and they were telling everybody what had happened to them. And then there was this angel and they, they appeared and they, they announced and we went and we saw and it was there, it was just, just like they said. And you can go see this for yourself. See, I believe that God wants us to experience his glorious nature through Jesus Christ. And like the shepherds, have you experienced God's presence that led you to a unique calling? Maybe a unique assignment. Something that maybe you've never done before. See, God was very purposeful in reaching out to lost humanity through his son, Jesus Christ. God made a move towards sinful people. He made a move towards you and I when we were still unlovable, when we were still in our sin. 
In the same way, God's people are to be very purposeful in reaching out to others who are far from God. I mean, how can we make a move to share the good news and to reach people who are far away from him? How can we do that? See, we have to have that relationship with Jesus ourselves first. See, God moved towards humanity by sending his son while we were sinners. That's what Romans, that's what Romans 5, 8 says. It says, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Before we were lovable, before we had a change of heart, before we even knew Jesus Christ came and he died for you and for me. Even while we were still in our sin, he died for us. I mean, that is a game changer for all eternity, quite literally. In the birth of Jesus, God was on the move, but it doesn't stop there. God, his movement calls for us to move. Don't you get too comfortable Don't you get complacent. Listen, you cannot go with God and stay where you are. You cannot go with God and stay where you are. Listen, everything is always on the table all the time with God. At any moment, he could say, hey, I need you over here in this section of my vineyard. Hey, I want you to come over here and plow. I want you to come over here and plant. I want you to go over there and water. Start carrying water and just be the guy that waters everything. But but you cannot be with God when he's on the move and stay where you are. As the Lord of the harvest, he has the right, he has the prerogative to move, to send, to direct any of us wherever he wants us to be. Here's the reality. You are not in control once you surrender. When you surrender... When you put your hands in the air and you say, you got it, you own me now, you are no longer in control. And this is our problem. We've never gotten to this point. Many times we say, yep, 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 God's on the move, but I'm going to sit right here and I'm not going anywhere. But you will never experience God in his presence, in his fullness, staying where you're at. He is a God on the move. And if you're going to encounter him, you have to move with him. See, we have the obedience to respond, yes, Lord, yes. See, God calls his followers to embrace a lifestyle of being on the move for him. And the beautiful gift of movement gives us a great awareness that he is with us while we are on the move 
with him. Just like the shepherds seek the Christ child and tell others about him, that should be a move we are ready to make too. You know, 2 Corinthians 6, verse 1 says, And working together with him, we also urge you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, at the acceptable time you listened, excuse me, at the acceptable time I listened to you. And on the day of salvation I helped you. Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. We live in a strange world, and we all think we have more time than we do. We all think that we have more time than we actually do, because we all have an appointment. We all have an appointment, and the problem is, is we don't know when that appointment is. Because if we did, we would do whatever we wanted to do up until time for that appointment. And then we'd make it right at the last moment. But in God's wise sovereignty, he has cloaked that so we don't know how much time we have. But you know what? Two people I know passed on to heaven last week. You think about that. We don't know how much time we have. He says today is the acceptable day. Today is the day of salvation. You know, in the, in the days before modern harbors, a ship would have to wait. They'd have to wait for the flood tide to come in before it could make it to port. That flood tide would turn the tide and it would, it would flow towards the port and they had to wait there for that. The term for this situation in Latin was called ab portu, ab portu. That is a ship standing over off a port waiting for the moment for the tide to change when it could catch that flood and go into port. We get our English word opportunity from this Latin word, ab portu. The captain and the crew were ready and they were waiting for that one moment when they knew that if they missed that moment, they would have to wait for another tide to come in. But see, God gives every one of us many ab portus or flood tides. That is, he gives us many opportunities to serve him, to dedicate our lives more fully to him, to grow and become more like him, to make something beautiful out of our life for time and for eternity. He gives us many opportunities to do that. As I wrap this up, I'm gonna invite our worship team to come back up. But understand that these opportunities rarely come gift-wrapped. You know, tied with a, a ribbon and a bow. They come in much more subtle ways. Usually like, it looks like an opportunity to serve and to fill a need somewhere. 
In this way, we can be on the move with God. And best of all, he gives each of us the opportunity to accept him as our personal Savior and Lord, to have our sins forgiven, to receive the gift of eternal life. As God's word says, behold, now is the acceptable time. Now is the day of salvation. See, today, all of us have the opportunity to experience God. To allow his glory to fill the temple. Just to open it up and let him in. And so what I ask for you to do today is to quiet your heart. X out of all of those other tabs in your mind. Close them out. And just focus on Jesus. Let him draw your heart to himself and respond to him. Respond to him. Listen for his voice that is calling to you. Be still and behold him. Would you pray with me? Loving Father, I thank you for the gift of movement. I thank you that you are a God on the move. Father, that you didn't just put it all into motion and step back and, 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 and are not interacting with your creation.